Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can build your dream business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Well, hello and welcome to My Business Playbook. My goodness, it is such a good day to be with you. If we haven't met before, my name is Laura Higgins. I'm a marketing coach and I work with creative service providers to help them to level up and scale their business to the next level. This is a really great conversation today. Ever since I started my podcast, maybe I don't know, when we started it, two and a half years ago. If you've been listening since then, shout out to you, my original founding listener. Um, Ever since we started the podcast, I've had a list, a list of names of people that I would love, love, love to interview one day. And at the top of the list was this guy, Donald Miller. And so I'm really honored to have Don on the show. This was such an incredible conversation. You are going to get so, so much out of it. What was cool is that Don also agreed to do this uh, podcast live with my members in the Next Level Club, which meant that once we kind of finished recording the podcast, we got to kind of do some Q&A with Don and he just dropped so much gold. So shout out to my members in the Next Level Club. You guys know how much I love you and how much I loved having this session with you. So this is just really exciting. And for me, Don has been like, it's so weird because of, because of Instagram and because of podcasts and because of like the internet. Someone can have such a big impact on you and them not even know it. And Don has been that for me and for Nath in our business journey. We have learned so much from him and by doing his courses, by reading his books on our honeymoon, I was reading a novel because I was like, hello, I'm like here to relax. We just got married. And Nath was reading Building a Story Brand, which is one of my favorite business books. And it's written by Donald Miller. And on our final day of our honeymoon, he was like, Laura, we need a lead magnet. Like Don is telling us we need a lead magnet. We need to sort this out. And I was like, listen, just like relax. (laughs) Let's do it later. But really, building a story brand changed the entire trajectory of our business. And so Don has been a kind of distant mentor to me. And in the last six or so months, we've kind of been in conversations and we've we've had the chance to kind of connect a bit more, which has been incredible. And so it was such a cool moment when he was able to come and not only do this podcast, but also do it um, live for our clients. So such a cool moment. Yeah. I'm just, I'm so stoked. So I wanted to give you a bit more context. In case you don't know, I think a lot of you will know Donald Miller, but in case you don't, I wanted to give you a bit of context on who the heck this guy is. Don is an American author, public speaker, and business owner. He is the CEO of StoryBrand and Business Made Simple, and he has just released a new book called How to Grow Your Small Business. And this book really details the six steps that every small business owner needs in order to grow, in order to succeed. And honestly, 
this is the book I needed when I started my business, and I'm sure it's the book that you need as well. So in this episode, we're going to dive deep into the six steps in that framework. We're also going to talk with, like Don actually also shares a bit of his creative process, a bit of like how he balances creativity and also like making money. It's a really, really cool conversation, and I know that you are going to love it. Now, all of the links that we mention are in the show notes. Or you can head to laurahiggins.com forward slash Donald Miller. And we've got all of the links there. So you can check out his book. You can check out his podcast. You can check out any of the other links he mentions. It's going to be awesome. All righty. Hey, and if you love the episode, share it with a friend because this is a game changer. This is really going to help you to grow your business. We want to share that love around. Okay, let's dive in. Well, Don Miller, I am so happy that you're here. Do you know, you have been on my list of like people I want to interview on my podcast since I started my podcast. So I'm so happy that you're here. I'm happy to be here. If I would have known that, we would have talked a long time ago. Oh, well, hey, I'm just, I'm happy it's happening now. I feel like it's a glorious time for us to be doing this. I really want to dive in and talk about how to grow your small business. And I want to talk to you about this framework that you are teaching people, because I think it's going to be such a game changer for everyone in our audience. Our audience is mostly small business owners, creatives, and really like service providers and solo operators who really want to build a business that not only makes them lots of money and has lots of impact, but actually also gives them freedom and flexibility. So I know that your framework is really helping people to not only make more money, but to actually build a business that has an impact. So I want to know for anyone listening who doesn't know who you are, can you give us like a 30 second rundown of who the heck Don Miller is? (laughs) I'll tell you when I figure it out. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I, I, um, I used to be a, a memoirist. And so I wrote the first part of my career, I wrote memoirs and I wrote seven of those, if you can believe it. And when the publisher wanted an eighth, I finally put my foot down and said, nothing else has happened. In fact, nothing has happened for the past three. I've been making things up and <laughs> I just decided not to do it because I just couldn't do it anymore. And so I ended up writing a book uh, about narrative structures and how you can lay a uh, sort of a marketing filter over them to create messaging for your small business. I literally thought, I mean, listen to what I just said. Nobody's going to buy this book, but it was a geek book that I really wanted to write. And it sold a ton of copies. And so I became this marketing messaging guy, which was really fun to have that second career. But in the in the process of supporting that, I ended up having a staff of 30 people and hundreds of certified people in our certified community. So now I'm running a small business. And basically, I built a small business and I felt trapped inside of it. I mean, literally, I I was just working harder than I've ever worked. And it didn't feel like I was you know, life was becoming any less chaotic. All that dream of freedom that you have when you leave your job <laughs> to start a business is the exact opposite. I yeah. felt like I was in my own prison. And so um, I had to, a friend of mine told me, you have got to uh, professionalize your operation. That's what he said. You have to professionalize your operation and, and install systems and processes that make this business work, uh, not necessarily without you, but work a- a- in a way that's predictable, so that you can go home and turn off your phone at five o'clock and and all, all the stuff that we all need to be a good human. And I did that. It took about three years, but I installed these six frameworks for leadership, uh, marketing, sales, 
product optimization, overhead and management, and cash flow. And that solved the problems. And we grew 100% four times during that five years. So we, you know, we grew 100%, and then we grew 100% again, and we grew 100% again, and 100% again. So the machine worked. And um, and these days, I mean, running a business is stressful. I'm not going to lie to you. But <laughs> I go home, and I, I put my phone down at 5 o'clock. I'm able to be fully present with my family. And, it, you know, it, it, it's been a really, really great thing. And so as people asked me, okay, how did you do this and how did you do that? I thought, well, I, I should write all this down in a book. And so how to grow your small business are these, how to install these six frameworks. It is, there are certain business books that are, you read to inspire you. And I read those. Uh, and this is not one of those. <laughs> this is a book. <laughs> this is a book that says step one, do this, step two, do this, step three, do this. You know, yeah. so it talks about how to manage your cash flow using five checking accounts and how to manage all your operations with only five meetings and has worksheets that you fill out to figure out which of your product products are profitable and help you dream up new products. It's really just a very practical user guide to running a business. Yeah. And I love that it feels like a playbook. It feels like something you would go, this isn't to sit and kind of collect dust or look nice on your bookshelf. This is something that you would, as things arise, you go, oh my gosh, I'm going to go to the back to this kind of guide and this this handbook that I have. I hope so. I, I hope that's what it is because that's the book that I needed when my friend said, you're going to have to professionalize your operation. I needed him to hand me a book that mm. told me how to do it. And he, he didn't have a book. He just said, you need to do this. And, uh, yeah. and so hopefully that's what it is. It's a book that you can hand somebody and say, this is how you do it. Yeah. Oh, no, it absolutely is. And one of the big things you talk about in the book is building your flight plan. So talk to yeah. us about what are the, you've kind of already mentioned those six steps, but can you walk us through top level what those six steps are? Yeah. So the the metaphor that I use in the book to help somebody understand how a, how a small business works or how it can work at least is the metaphor of an airplane. And so I basically say you need to build your business like an airplane. And you know the main thing that you do in the cockpit, and that's your leadership, is you really install all the coordinates in your flight computer and it tells you where you're going and it tells you how much gas you need to put in it, how many, you know, who needs to get on board, all that kind of stuff. And so I I teach in the book how to get your mission right so that everybody in the organization knows where we are going. And the big thing there is you need to define three economic objectives for your business. Um, you know, in, in other words, we're gonna sell this many of product one, this many of product two, and this many of product three. And I tell you how to you know decide what those are and then everything is then reverse engineered from that you know so if you're a consultant you, you would want to say something like well I want to hire I want to I want to serve 10 more clients I want to create that digital course and sell 500 units and I want to you know get 25 speaking gigs by the end of the year once you sit on with a piece of paper and decide that everything changes because now all of a sudden you've got to you've got to create a landing page for your speaking opportunities and you've got to you know you've got to create that digital course and start figure out how to sell it and a lot of people just wake up and they say well I want to grow my business but they haven't decided well growing a business basically means selling more of your products that's what that means so yeah. which ones are you going to sell more of and how are you going to do it so that's the cockpit part and then the ride engine is the marketing and in order to create great marketing you need you need to, uh, to clarify your message and to create a sales funnel your left engine is your sales, and I teach you in the book how to write a an email that you send to a client that will close the deal. 
And it's yeah. a very formulaic email. There's five parts to it and it works. Uh, I, I spoke, Laura, you'll love this. I spoke to 250 sales reps recently and I'm not an inspirational speaker guy. You can probably tell. So what I did was I just said, hey, um, I'm here to teach you how to sell. So open up your laptop and let's email a client and see what they do. <laughs> I love <laughs> so they that. Did. They opened up, it's 250 sales reps. They opened up their laptops and I'm like, okay, figure out what client you're going to email. Now let me give you the formula. I kid you not, in the room, based on the response they got within 24 hours, we closed $2.4 million worth of sales. It was, it was unbelievable. And I'm like, it works. I was so happy to know it worked. And then, and so we, you know, that, so I teach you how to do that in the book. And then um, a big part of, when I, in my company, whenever there's been a big hockey stick of sales, it's because we created and released a new product. And so I, there's a whole chapter on what sort of products you need to create, mm -hmm. what sort of products are really profitable, what sort of products human beings actually buy, like what, you know, yeah. what they're looking for. So that there, there's a chapter on that. And then, um, the big body of the airplane, by the products are your wings, and then the body of your airplane is your overhead. So that is your rent, your labor, all the people who work for you, if you have people who work for you, I gosh, your health insurance, you know, anything that's just cost of doing business. And if that gets too big, your airplane actually crashes, right? Yeah. And so you've got to keep that really streamlined. So I talk about how to do that, and it basically is your biggest expense is labor. So you've got to get more productivity out of your people especially with people working remotely. And then uh, the final chapter is about cash flow. And even though you you know how to make a lot of money, a lot of people know how to make a lot of money, but they don't know how to manage it. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, they end up running out of money or a, a tax bill comes. In America, we have this thing called taxes. I'm sure you don't have it in Australia. <laughs> but you, you know, you the government comes and they want to take a chunk of money and you don't have the money because you spent it on a boat. And now you're yeah. in trouble. And so I just, I talk about how to manage your money using five checking accounts. And it's really a money management system for people who don't want to manage money and don't like to manage money, but yeah. it's a flow over system. So as soon as you have too much money in this account, it flows into this account and it flows into this account. And by the time it gets to the fifth account, it's actually money that you can go invest in the stock market or in other businesses. Because I really firmly believe if you want to be smart, your business exists so that you can buy financial products that make you money without working. And oh, yeah. that, and I and I talked about the philosophy of how to do that in uh, in that chapter. So the whole thing works like an airplane. You know, you've got to get your cockpit right. You got to get your right engine, left engine moving. If your products aren't profitable, you don't have any wings on the airplane. Most businesses, when you look at them, they have a giant body of the airplane, little bitty wings, little rubber band <laughs> propeller engines, the cockpit, there's nobody in the cockpit. It's just a big martini party that where everybody's kind of drunk. <laughs> yeah. And 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 cash is flowing out of the side of the airplane. So we've got to get all that fixed in order to make the airplane work right. And it, and this is how you do it. The, in America, I don't know about Australia, but in America, 65% of small businesses fail. And yeah. they fail for one of six reasons. Right? You, you didn't have an economic vision. You didn't realize your business exists to make money. Your marketing and messaging was so confusing that nobody understood why they should buy a product. You didn't know how to close the sale or you were afraid to ask for the money. Your products were not profitable. You over, your overhead got out of control and it brought the business down or you didn't manage the cash. Those are the six yeah. reasons businesses fail. So my goal was to write a book that prevented businesses from failing. Yeah. Have you seen Madagascar, the movie? <laughs> I cannot believe I haven't seen it because okay. I've seen... 
I have a two-year-old, so we've seen everything else. It Moana. might be. It might be a little bit. I can sing you the whole soundtrack of Moana right <laughs> of Moana. now. Okay. Well, <laughs> Madagascar. There's this scene where the penguins. There's these penguins, and they take over the airplane, and it's like this chaotic <laughs> scene where the whole thing. You need to watch that. Just that scene because I feel like it's I, it's the image. I can that, use that clip <laughs> in my keynote. Oh yeah, then, and the I'll penguins are it. just they're badass penguins, but it's it's <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. Um, Okay, so what I love about you, Don, is that I don't know if you would identify as this, but to me, you're you're a creative, like you're a writer. Even like looking yeah, at total your artist, yeah, like looking at your aesthetic right now, it's beautiful. <laughs> and I've been to your offices, and I I remember being like, Nath, like look, there's a studio, and it's beautiful, and there's books, and it's like, it's it's really intentional, it's beautiful, and so there's this thing about you that's. Obviously, you're a writer. You're you create things. What do you think, as creatives, our biggest blind spot is when it comes to this flight plan, the six steps? I mean, you know, as an artist, um, I think one of the biggest dangers that you can fall into is kind of this, you know, this mentality of of if we build it, they will come. Remember the the movie. Um, gosh, what's the name of that movie? Uh, Kevin Costner is in it. A Field of Dreams. You know, <laughs> yeah. this idea of like, if we create beautiful art, we don't have to worry about the business. And that's just 100% not mm. true. And so what most artists do is they hire an agent who represents them. And the agent takes 20% of everything. And many times they're worth it. And we just, and so we kind of think that, but when you're actually running a business, you really do have to understand how every aspect of that business really works. You, you don't have to be good at it because I, I want to emphasize that. Somebody else runs my company. I hired an operator, and we can get into that in a second. I hired an operator to run my company, but I do understand how every part of it works. And I know whether it's going well or whether it's not. And sometimes I will go to them and say, hey, love how everything's going. I don't think this person is going to work out. And they'll say, I don't either. You know, and so we've got to fix this. (laughs) So it's this, I think the worst thing an artist can do is you want to keep, continue to be an artist, but you don't want to be naive. Uh, I think that's yeah. how most that's how a lot of artists get ripped off, quite honestly. And yeah. um, that I was that guy until when I was 29. I had a book take off and it spent 42 weeks on the New York Times bestsellers list. It was a breakaway hit. And I was it was like winning the lottery. I'd never seen money before. I remember I used to get my royalty checks. I was single at the time. And I'd go down to the bank and I'd, I'd kind of strategically be the person in line to get the cutest teller so I could put my check, this huge check in the account. It never worked. Never, nobody was ever attracted to me anyway. But, you know, I was that guy and I ended up selling my house. I put all my money into my house, sold my house because I was going to buy another house. That house fell through. So I'm sitting on $350,000. This is, I'm 32 years old, 33 years old. I mean, we grew up, we never made more than about $15,000 in a year. My, my, we stood in line for welfare. And so this is a lot of money and I was really smart with it. And I, so here I am, I've got $350,000 and the house I wanted felt it, it didn't, it didn't work. I couldn't buy it. So I put that money into a short term investment and woke up one Monday morning and realized it was gone. All of it. <sighs> Every penny of my life savings was gone. And I cried myself, and I had just started dating Betsy. So, oh. <laughs> so it's like totally emasculated, 
and had lost everything. I'm like, women tend to be attracted to, you know, like good looks and money. And I only had one of those and now I had none of them. So I, you know, <laughs> so this is not going to go well. And I, at that point I took response I said, look, you can't, you've got to, I want, I want to get it back. I want to get that back no matter what it takes. So I started a company and at that point I transitioned from artist to artist and business person. And it's mm -hmm. the greatest thing I ever did. Now, Betsy and I make a point to give away at least that much money every single year. It's a point wow. of ours to say, we're going to be generous with that much money. And only uh, about 25% of it are not nonprofits. We actually give it to people who need the money because I, I remember how that felt. And wow. so, but without embracing this idea of no, like, yes, you're an artist, but that doesn't mean you're the opposite of a business person. You can actually be intelligent about how you run a business. In fact, the better I do at business, I've noticed the better my art gets. Like I learned how to get up in the morning at 7 a.m. and go sit at the computer and get writing done like a person who works as a bricklayer, mm. you know? And yeah. my art just gets better as I embrace kind of the fundamentals of good work ethic and a good business mind. Instead of, you know, I, I do go with a publisher right now, but but we're launching our own imprint. And so instead of going with Love a publisher, I, why, why don't I own a publishing company? I should own a publishing company. So now we're launching our own publishing imprint. You know, it's just stuff like that that I think is really fun. And then I, I'm talking too much, Laura, but it's also really cool. As a business person, you get to be so creative. You get to be creative about who you hire. You get to be creative about how you do your marketing. You get to be creative about the products you create. It really is an artistic venture to run a business and create things and sell them. Yeah, I love that. And I think I think it's hard with Instagram and with, you know, there's so many coaches, there's so many experts out there. I think it can be easy to think, oh, this should be easy and this should be this should happen overnight. And, you know, you can make money like that. And you're, you know, people kind of oversimplify the process a little bit and make it feel like if you're not succeeding, you know, there's something wrong with you, or maybe you're not cut out for this or whatever, fill in the blank. How do you feel about the Instagram gurus and, and all the people out there who are kind of like, you know, I did this in 60 days and you can too. Like, how do you yeah. kind of navigate that as well? Well, I, I, I don't want to be cynical, but I don't believe that all of them are telling the truth. <laughs> I think that's a big <laughs> yeah. part of it. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't know. I'm not throwing any, anybody under the bus, but you know, I, I've I've known a lot of people who've succeeded in business and even made billions with the B, billions of dollars, and none of them uh, did it overnight. M many of them had mm. to take over their parents' company and continue to build it. And um, and it, you know, it, it's just I think what gets rewarded in business is consistent work, consistently moving in the same direction for years. Yeah. And then, so the coaches that I trust are are less coaches that are selling something. I, I, you know, if somebody says, hey, you can make a lot of money really quick, I, I almost tune them out. I've never read that book or because I just don't believe them. And you get you get let down, you're, you get your heart broken. So yeah. to me, the coaches that are actually worth it are the coaches who are wise, but they, they're actually just going to be in the trenches with you week after week, you know, so that somebody that you can run things by and see if you're doing it right. You know, maybe someday I'll win the lottery, but I haven't I haven't yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and I think the hard thing too, like 
again, as a creative, we've got a million ideas, right? We can wake up. I wake up in the night and I'm like writing things on my phone or like scribbling things or like Nathan and I, when we take a holiday, we're like, all of a sudden we think of all these new business ideas when we're just trying to like relax. And I think <laughs> it's hard to know like, okay, what ideas are good ideas for me right now? What, how do I actually implement and stay focused and tune out all the different opportunities that there are. And I want to know, like, because you've released, you know, writing a book is such a huge process and you've consistently written books whilst running this multi-million dollar business and creating courses. Like you're doing all of this like deep work that is an investment of time, but also kind of pays dividends long-term, right? How do you stay focused on all right, this is my zone, this is my spot, and I'm not going to deviate. Well, o- over the years, I've gotten a little better at figuring out which ideas are worth pursuing. Yeah. And let me define worth because it might be helpful. Um, worth is, um, first of all, I have 30 employees, and so this can't be something that doesn't make money. That would be very selfish of me because I'd have to say, oh, you know, I really want to, you know, paint you know, murals on the sides of buildings. So I'm going to lay you off. <laughs> it's got to be something that, you know, is it can create can create revenue. Yeah. Uh, and so that that's one of the things. And then the other things is to get really intuitive about what you're going to be wanting to do a year from now. So if you're if you want to write a book a year from now, you're going to be doing the final pass on that book. So yeah. for 12 months, you, you've got to want to do this and want to think about this for 12 months. And I'm convinced that most writers uh, who who are any good at all, they actually have a little bit of obsessive compulsive disorder. You know, yeah. you have to, my wife would accuse me of this. She would, you know, <laughs> she would say it's not only in books, but like he'll think about, I've been thinking about the tax code and how to fix it in this country for 10 years. And my wife's like, you don't have a job that even remotely does that. Why do you think <laughs> about that? I'm like, because I can't figure it out. You know, you just have to be that kind of mind that just that pit bull that won't let go until it's done. And then the reality is, even with that kind of mind, I am really energized to write about 85% of a book. And the 15% that is, for me, that's in the editing phase. You know, I'll edit a book, I'll reread and edit a book. The first book that I did, I, I edited it 54 times. So I rewrote the book 54 times and it book we hit the New York Times. And now I don't do that anymore because it's crazy. <laughs> but, you know, you, you really do have to do it 10 or 12 times. And by the time, by the by the fifth time, you actually don't like the book. You're sick of it. Yeah. And that's when the book gets good, when you actually can do it again and again and you and it makes you want to vomit. That's when that book is getting good. Yeah. And so I, I think you have to be able to say, okay, is this going to make money and will I see it through? And yeah. if it's not going to make money, you can't do it if you run a business. And if you're not going to see it through, you can't do it. So it's got to be interesting enough for you to be able to see it through. And I think there's a whole recipe for that too. Is it coming from your heart? Is it expressing something that you want to express uh, and it doesn't actually, ha- you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily be commercially viable. I mean, there's a lot of artists who've recorded albums that the record company said, you're going to end your career if you release this. And it's, you know, those albums are often the top, some of the top 10 albums on many mm-hmm. people's lists because they're, they're works of genius. 
but you do have to figure out whether or not it's commercially viable or or not. There's a. Yeah. I went and saw. I'm going to date myself, Laura. Probably nobody <laughs> on this call knows what I'm talking about. But I, I flew to New Orleans last weekend to see The Cure. Remember that band, The Cure, that like goth emo yep. band from back yep. in the day? I was a huge fan when I was a kid. And they're doing that. They did their first North American tour in seven years. And they were kicking off in New Orleans. So I was really curious about this like Robert Smith guy with like frizzy hair. And now he's kind of overweight, but he slashes this lipstick across. And I, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I cannot wait to see who shows up at this concert. And this guy is as, you know, as depressed an artist and moody as he can possibly be but he's met he, he plays the hits he doesn't talk a lot he's in sync with the light show he's off the stage by the time the no, noise ordinance kicks in he is yeah. all pro and all artists at the same time and i think many artists embrace the artist and they don't embrace the pro and they don't make it commercially because they they fail to understand that those two things have to go together Ugh. That's such a like, oh, what a cool, what a cool way to think about it. What would you say to someone who is thinking more about pro, like being a pro, making money, but they have an idea that they're like, <laughs> I don't know if this is going to work or if this is going to make me any money or if this, I'm going to get laughed out of a room with this idea. What would you say to someone who has an idea, but they're like, I'm scared to actually do it? Okay. You know, the question is, can you do it and fail and still pay rent? <laughs> that's the yeah. question. And if you can, and especially if you have a family, you just can't put your family through that. So, you know, in my opinion, you, you need to, you need to be responsible for the people who depend on you. But I would say if you're afraid to do it, that's a, that's a sign that it could really be good, that it really might be worth it. Because I think we're afraid to do the things that matter most. And mm. we're afraid to do the things that are, risky and vulnerable. And yet those are the, you know, you look back over history and those are the pieces of art that we love so much and we, we appreciate so much. Those are the books that we think are genius and all that kind of stuff. So um, I, I, I think if you're afraid to do it, that's a sign of something. In fact, Stephen Pressfield says in his genius work of art, the book, The War of Art, yeah. uh, the more something needs to come into existence, the more it will be attacked. The more resistance you will face, the more important it is that you need to get that thing done. And I don't think that's true in just art. I think that's true in almost mm -hmm. everything. It's true in, you know, you don't want to file your taxes. Everything's working against you. You need to or you're going to go to jail, right? You don't <laughs> want to apologize to your spouse, which is exactly what you need to do. <laughs> you need to Otherwise, or you're going to jail. Thing, yeah. Or you're going to jail or the doghouse or whatever the version of jail is in your life. You know, so I, you know, yeah. I, I think that, um, I think that's a sign. I think that's a sign. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's like, um, I love that place. I really love that place of, of sort of being afraid. And I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to write a book about na ancient narrative structures and how to use them to filter a marketing message. And and listening to myself say that, and say nobody is going to be interested in this book. Zero people are going to read this book. <laughs> But maybe they will, you know, <laughs> so and now, you know, I wrote it and it turned into something really nice. Oh, my gosh. Totally. OK, Don, I have a few final questions for you. I want to talk to you about flight school in a moment, but I want to kind of do some rapid fire questions for you, because I know that you've got so much business wisdom uh, for people listening today. So rapid fire question number one, how do you get over perfectionism? 
I ship 85%. Love that. Um, one thing small business owners need to stop doing today. Uh, you need to stop putting it off till tomorrow. You got to do it now. Okay. And final one, biggest piece of advice that you wish you knew when you started your business? Oh, that's a really good one. Um, biggest piece of advice that I wish I knew when I started my business, uh, I would, I, I guess I would word it this way. Um, I would word it, you're thinking too small. Yeah. Uh, you, this, this thing can get a lot bigger than you can possibly imagine. Uh, and there, there is almost, I mean, within reason, right? None of us are going to sprout wings and fly, but within human capacity, I truly believe that for most of us, nothing is impossible. That if you want to build a business and then leverage it to become prime minister of Australia or whatever you guys have, you can, you absolutely can. Uh, if you want to be the wealthiest person in Australia, you, you can. All of that is absolutely possible. And I think we put limitations on ourselves and what we can do. Uh, and I just don't think, I just, I no longer believe in those. Now, now you may say to yourself at some point, look, this is going to wreck my family, so I'm not going to do it. And those are questions that you have to answer, but, mm. uh, but nothing is impossible. So in other words, um, we, we have a scarcity mindset. And yeah. uh, I don't think there's a shortage of much of anything. Uh, and that if you want it, you can just go get it. And if, if you want to share it, then you can go share it. Yeah. I think it's just really important that we approach business with that abundance mindset of like, hey, there are opportunities. There's always more money. Like rather than kind of thinking there's not yeah, enough. You know, and we we when when COVID, when pa the pandemic shut down, I don't know when you guys shut down. We shut down in March, I think of like 2020, right? Is that when you guys kind of shut yeah. down? Yeah. So we my business was 85% dependent on people getting on airplanes and flying to Nashville, Tennessee. So we were about to lose 85% of our revenue. And so I pulled my team together and said, hey, you know, we have always asked one question when hardship hit us. And the question is, what does this make possible? Mm. So anytime something really painful happens, you just want to ask yourself, okay, forget that. What does this make possible? And if you can train your mind to think that way, what we did is we said, okay, well, nobody's getting on an airplane. What if we just did it as a live stream? And what if we came up with a bunch of other stuff that we could do uh, and people could sit around their computers and watch it? We, we saw a 30% increase in revenue and a 20% increase in profit that year. And, wow. and we, the reason is, and what I think most business owners would have done is said, we're going to see 85% reduction. Uh, everybody is laid off. We're going to shut the door and and collect as much beans and rice as we can and see if we can live off the land for <laughs> two years until this thing blows over. And we didn't do that. We just said, you know what? All this is doing is moving the money somewhere else. Mm. So let's go get the money. Where We got to figure out where it is. Yeah. And uh, and I think that's another thing that I would I would tell business owners going into, especially going into a, what, what may be a global recession, um, certainly things are going to be disrupted in many ways. We're long overdue for an economic disruption. And uh, and so I think I would say that. It's like, hey, the money's out there. There's plenty of it. It's just going to move and you need to yeah. go find it. Oh, that's so, so good. Now, tell us a little bit about flight school, how it works, because I know that for anyone listening, they'd be curious about, well, hey, you've given me the six-step plan. How do I actually implement it? So talk to us about flight school. Yeah, so if you read the book, 
it is, you know, 250 pages of do this, then do this, then do this, and here's how to do this. And it, and it ends up being, uh, you know, the Bible of how to grow a small business, I hope. So what we did was we created an online platform that you sign up for, and it sends you an email every week. And that week, I literally just take something from the book. I've, I look at the camera and I say, here's what you need to do this week. And at the end of 21 weeks, you've gone through all six steps. So some of the steps take five or six weeks. Some of the steps take two weeks. Some of the steps take eight weeks to get through. But, you know, for instance, it's like this week, you're going to install an all staff meeting. And then the next week is you're now going to install your leadership meeting. And here's a template for how to do that. And then all of that comes with software that you use to create all, to do all this stuff, to clarify mm -hmm. your message. And there's a color-coded sales framework. And so I basically teach you, what I wanted to do was create something that was more valuable than an MBA from Harvard. And yeah. I, I really, I, I really believe we did it. And so the goal is at the end of the 21 weeks, your run rate, that is how much money you are currently making will have doubled. So if you're making $1,000 a week, at the end of 21 weeks, you should be making at least $2,000 a week. Or if you're a million-dollar company, you should be a $2 million company at the end of 21 weeks. And and all it's doing is it's you're basically taking apart the engine that is your building and putting it back together the right way. And uh, I didn't know of anything out there that allowed you to do that in such an easy step-by-step -step formula mm -hmm. where you could do it in bite-sized chunks. So you can either read the book and try to piece it together, or I can send you these videos and you can just do what I tell you to do every week and get it done. And it takes very little time uh, to yeah. do it. Uh, but if you give yourself the breather of a week after each video, by the end of 21 weeks, your whole business is... And by the way, if you overhaul your business and it runs better, you get that extra $2 million every year from here on out. You know, oh, And hopefully yeah. you keep, like I did, you keep doubling the size of that business every few years. And, uh, and and then I don't know, maybe you could sell it. Oh, I love that too. And the other thing I think you've done really, really well, like looking at, I've looked at, you know, the kind of actually what people get in, in small business flight school is the platform is beautiful. Like it's, the videos are all really beautiful. The worksheets, the templates, there's like, I don't know how you did it. It's not like a Kajabi course, my friends. It's no. it's like beautiful. I don't know. I honestly, it's a really, really like the cash flow calculator thing with the you put the how much money you make. It spits out a number at the end that you're like, that's perfect. Like that's my answer for all the things. I'm I'm obsessed with um, I'm obsessed with creating ways to help people understand how something works. Yeah. And uh, and so these little digital, you're talking about these digital worksheets that you use and color-coded things that yeah. if you just play with it for five minutes, you're, you'll never manage your money the same again, or you'll never conduct another staff meeting the same way again, because this is mm -hmm. the way it actually needs to happen. And But yes, my wife... Um, consistently reminds me because she she runs the bit she runs the money side of the business she does all the invoicing and payroll and so she consistently reminds me how much it costs to build that stuff <laughs> and you're but like, true to an artist you're like i don't care pay the bill <laughs> oh i love it well don thank you so much for joining us on the podcast it's been such a pleasure where can people connect with you see all of the 
crazy, exciting new things? Because I know you're always doing you're always doing new stuff. Where can people connect with you more? Well, Small Business Flight School, uh, you can learn all of that through, really through you, Laura. Uh, mm. You've got all the links in Australia for that stuff. And yeah. so, you know, contact Laura for that. If you want to see pictures of, of myself, my wife, and our two-year-old and our dog, which is more important, you can follow <laughs> me on Instagram at Donald Miller. And, uh, and uh, that's always super, super fun. And I actually do connect with people on Instagram quite a bit. So... Uh, and, and occasionally I give business advice, like at once a week, I'll say something that will help you make money. But the rest of the time, it's cute pictures of a two-year-old. And your glorious house that is definitely, yeah, it's definitely worth following. <laughs> yeah. Another thing that artists spend way too much money on is like interior design. It's just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. we- <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks so much, John. It's been amazing. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, I hope that you loved that episode and that conversation as much as I did and as much as our members in the Next Level Club did. And I also hope that you took a bunch of notes because there is so much gold in there. Oh my gosh, like so many, like even just one-liners that I'm like, wait, what? Say that again. So I'm definitely going to be listening to this again. It is so, so valuable. Now, if you're interested in Small Business Flight School, the program that Don mentioned, what I want you to do is I want you to head to laurahiggins.com forward slash Donald Miller. And we've got a special bonus for you. If you sign up for that, we're also going to throw in something a little extra from me to you. So if you want to access that, if you want to check out that six month program where he walks you through the framework over the next six months, then highly recommend you check out laurahiggins.com forward slash Donald Miller. And we will throw in a little something extra from me a little extra coaching as well Alrighty, my friend if you love this episode can you do me a favor and can you please share it whether it's on your instagram whether it's with a business buddy whether it's with your mum, i don't mind just share it far and wide because we want to get this message out there and yeah it means the world Alrighty, i'll see you same time same place next week but in the meantime go get them <laughs>